Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Oregonians are feeling pain at the pump with record high gas prices. In fact, we have the fifth highest rate for a gallon of gas in the country as of June 28th. This week, we'll talk to Jayathi Ramakrishnan, a reporter who's been covering the rising prices and widening her scope of reporting to analyze the global factors going on hundreds of thousands of miles away, but impacting us here at home. Will we see fewer drivers on the road? We'll talk about it. I'm Destiny Johnson, in for Andrew Thien, who's on a well-deserved vacation. And this is Beat Check with The Oregonian. Hi, Jayathi. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, I really appreciate you being here to talk about your coverage of gas prices. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we were just talking a little bit before we hit the record button about how um, gas prices are one of those things that nobody maybe wants to talk about, but everybody is talking about. And so um, I think it's great. You you do data-driven journalism a lot, and this is something you've been working on for a couple weeks, right? Yeah, I think the, the data side is something that um, one of my colleagues, one of our colleagues, Dave Kanzler, handles a little bit more of. And I, I try to um, do a little bit more of, you know, just putting it into layman's terms. What does that mean? So Dave handles the graphs uh, and I tell, tell everybody what it means. Yeah, and uh, that's obviously extremely important, and thank you so much for that. And so, like I said, recently you've been covering gas prices. Is there something that you found in your reporting or sort of the data that you said uh, Dave has been going through that you think that the public, like non-journalists, don't know but might find interesting? So it's, you know, there's a couple of, or there's a few uh, groups or websites that collect data on gas prices. Um, you know, AAA does a weekly report. And they, they keep daily numbers as well for um, by county and by state. Um, and then also for like the larger cities in each state. So for Oregon, they do Portland, Salem, Eugene, Medford, um, maybe Bend. And so um, that's one. And then there is Gas Buddy, which has a lot of the same data, but also um, provides some other comparisons and tracks changing prices at a, a more micro level. So those are a couple of the sources that I usually use. And the thing is, the sites are really quite easy to navigate and, um, you know, the data is publicly available. And so uh, it's pretty straightforward, I think. But uh, there are some interesting details that I don't think they're like harder for the general public to understand, but just might not be um, immediately obvious unless you're, you know, looking at it every day or every week. Um, so I think one thing that struck like stuck out to me is that this is the highest that gas prices have ever been except when you encounter 
account for inflation. And so before this year, the highest uh, gas price recorded was in 2008, um, both nationally and in Oregon. So for Oregon, it was, I think, like $4.29. And in today's prices, that would be about $5.76, which is we have not hit that yet. So still, technically, we're not as high as we were then, but it obviously it is high. And, and in terms of just plain old you know, numbers, it's the highest it's ever been. Yeah, wow. That, yeah, I mean, we're headed in, in that direction. At least the trends look like that, you know what I mean? But I think that's some a really interesting and important part of your reporting is that you're not just looking at... Um, oh, gas, gas went up three cents this week, you know, in, on average in Oregon, you're looking at it sort of globally and through a timeline, which I think makes um, something that might seem mundane really interesting, which leads me to my next question, I guess, um, sort of the cause of these record high gas prices. It's, it's like a multifaceted sort of global issue, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Definitely. Yeah. So there are a couple of main factors that are driving up gas prices. Uh, probably the main one is the price of crude oil. So right now, a barrel of crude oil is around $110. And around this time last year, it was about 65 So big jump in just a year. And it seems to be that the main reason for that is uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so Russia is one of the world's largest producers of oil. And so when that invasion happened, the U.S. and other countries placed strict uh, sanctions, economic sanctions on Russia. And so that has driven up the price. And then another reason that the price has gone up is so at the beginning of the pandemic, demand went way down because everyone was staying at home. There was lockdowns and things like that. So, um, you know, people, people weren't driving much. Uh, but now demand is back up. But oil companies have not ramped up production to meet that demand. So that's, you know, supplies tight and prices increase. Yeah, that's that uh, age old economics thing we learned way back in school, supply and demand relation, which is, I guess, makes a lot of sense now that people are on the road more. And, you know, by the time this podcast publishes, it'll be um, 4th of July, um, which is a big weekend for travel. Um, and it's also the miss in the midst of summer break for a lot of kids and families. Um, you know, how might summer travel look differently? Are we expecting, do the trends show that we're going to see any relief or do the trends show the opposite or is it kind of ambiguous at this point? I think it's going to be, in terms of people getting on the road, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of the same. Generally, in summer, you know, travel goes up, people are on the road more. Uh, and even though price, so prices dipped slightly right after Memorial Day, which is standard, um, but AAA is predicting that this 4th of July holiday will be the busiest on record for car travel for that holiday. Um, and then that's and then when you factor in like air travel and all, all types of travel, it'll be the second highest behind only 2019. Um, but people are going to get out there. You know, it's I think going to be you. I don't think you're going to see a downturn in, in travel or in demand much. Um and I think probably the reason for that is just, you know, people have largely been sitting at home for the last couple of years because of lockdowns or because of surges. Not that that's not happening, you know, cases are still around, but um, in terms of 
you know, official rules, like the most of those have been lifted. And so people can go places now. And so um, that I think is, is really contributing to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked a little bit about sort of the global issues that are causing these high prices that we're seeing here at home and, of course, across the country. But um, we haven't really talked about the impact of these high prices on people and businesses. And while we think, you know, AAA is predicting that this is going to be a really, really busy traveling holiday, do we know what the impact of these, like, continued high prices means for everybody from me and you to, like, larger businesses? Yeah. So, you know, as, as you may have noticed, gas prices did dip a little bit. Um, and there was an article, I think a, a paper in Florida did it, but talking about why that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, you know, prices have come down a little bit, not anything significant, but, um, you know, there are some concerns that it's signaling some sort of economic downturn. So this, you know, um, Things are obviously getting a lot more expensive, gas, homes, you know, groceries, and, um, you know, that's from inflation. And so the Federal Reserve, in an effort to bring inflation down, has increased interest rates uh, by three quarters of a percent, and that's the most since 1994. Um, and so that, in turn, makes it more expensive for businesses to operate, you know, borrow money, manufacture goods, things like that. And so that can have the effect of more workers getting laid off or people not getting hired. So that kind of is where that economic slowdown can come from. Um, but then in turn, it also leads to prices coming down. You know, if there's less discretionary income, there's less demand, you know, people aren't going to work or, you know, they have to choose like, okay, I don't have as much to spend. It's like I have to be selective, you know, where I want to go. So that is kind of where I, I, I think that's like a long way of saying that, you know, gas prices are one indicator of like, you know, a lot going on with the economy right now. Yeah. And, you know, gas prices did fall a whopping three cents here in Oregon, as you mentioned. Um, and in your latest piece with uh, David Kanzler, who we were talking about earlier, um, which you can find on OregonLive.com, and we will link in the show notes for you. Um, you mentioned that this is uh, indicative of people's general unease about the state of the economy. Is that what you mean? Sort of like this where to spend your dollar? We've heard that before, but I mean, getting to be more crucial than ever. Seems to be, yeah. I think just with, you know, with inflation as high as it is, they're trying to to cut down on that. But then in turn, that that has other effects on, you know, where people can spend their money. Is there a way that you know that a, a regular consumer can find a reliable way to find the cheapest gas around them so they know where to fill up? Because people are, you know, maybe you'll drive the extra mile to save the 10 cents a gallon. You know what I'm saying? I think that website that I mentioned earlier, Gas Buddy, does that specifically like they have really like they they survey a ton of gas stations like every day so i think that is one way to do it um i don't know if AAA does that specific of analysis but i know gas buddy has that data okay yeah we'll make sure that's linked in the show notes as well so people can find that and check it out if they want or need to um and it might be especially pertinent to people in different counties because, you know, we were talking a little bit, but there is a, a 
what I would consider maybe a large price discrepancy between, say, Curry County and, like, Benton County. It was, like, 50 cents difference almost, I, I think, this week or last. Um, do you know why there's such a discrepancy between places like that? I mean, they're both in the state of Oregon. Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that I've kind of wondered about week after week as well. But uh, I asked Marie Dodds, who is, um, she does analysis at AAA every week for gas prices. And she said that it's largely related to um, proximity to pipelines. So Curry County is so remote. I used to live there. Um, and, you know, places I've noticed when I look at the county map every week, places like Coos County, Josephine, um, Harney County, Lake County, all in the southern border, basically, they're all um, among the highest. And, you know, those are all really pretty remote, like they're not close to any big city. And they're also, as Marie Dodds told me, they're not close to any um, pipeline. So there's a pipeline that goes from Portland to Eugene. And so, you know, places in the valley have a little bit better access. And then on the east side, you might notice that prices aren't particularly high either, even though that's a fairly rural area as well. And the reason for that, she said, is um, so from Boise, Idaho to Kennewick, Washington, um, both of which are close to the Oregon border, there is a pipeline as well. So, you know, counties like Umatilla or Malheur um, have that closer access as well. So, you know, it, it's pretty much dependent on that. Um, and that's kind of, you know, something that we're seeing every week, like Curry County hit $5 well before anywhere else in the state. Um, uh, and another thing about that area specifically, like the southwestern corner of the state, is it's um, likely getting some of its deliveries from California as well. And California gasoline has different, like more stringent specifications, like, um, you know, environmental standards that it has to meet. So it's more expensive or more difficult to produce. And so if, you know, that area of the state is getting deliveries from California, it's going to be more expensive as well. That's really interesting. I guess that's the type of stuff I never would have thought would have reflected back in the prices that we were seeing, um, kind of what's going on behind the scenes there, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And I just, I, I've always wondered about it myself. And, you know, that's just something where I kind of was like, maybe it's because of, you know, proximity to the big city, but it's literally because there's no pipeline that far south. Yeah, that was also my assumption that it was just like the city yeah. pricing, like everything's mm -hmm. expensive in the city. So, but here in the city, speaking of, we have, depending on where you live, public transit that's really reliable and a great alternative to driving your car. Um, I'm from a very small town in Florida that did not have public transportation. So I think it's like such a, a great thing. Do you think that we'll see an uptick of people using public transit because it is getting so expensive to drive? I, this is a really bike friendly city. Um, do you think that we'll see uh, fewer people driving, not just for not just for the holiday weekend, but kind of overall as we're continuing to see trends tick, tick, tick up? I think it's it's in the short term, it's hard to tell. It's been, you know, prices started going up like at the rate that they have in, I think, February. Not that they've not been increasing, but um, so I, I haven't specifically seen anything like data that suggests, and I don't know if that's possible at this point in time to really know. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, I don't think we're seeing people drive less. And so 
again, like I don't know that there's anything conclusive right now. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess based on how much people are continuing to drive that it's leading to much of an increase in people using public transit. And I think that probably it's also hard to tell with, um, with our local public transit right now, because TriMet is having some of its own issues with, um, a severe shortage of drivers. And so they've had to cancel rides every day. They've had to make long-term service cuts. And so I think that's also probably, that would probably skew, um, you know, what we would normally see. Like it's not normal service right now. So it's hard to say like, you know, TriMet's having a higher volume of, of travelers than usual because they're having fewer rides. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, every week, you know, when the reports come out, you know, it's, it's showing that people are, are driving more or not more necessarily, but as much. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about because you, you would think that like people would be trying to find other alternatives, but I think it's just, you know, people are kind of gritting their teeth and paying the higher prices. Yeah. It's such a part of your life. You just, if it is part of your life, you hop in your car and you go wherever you need to go. It's for a lot of people, it feels like a necessity or it is a necessity. So there's not much you can do, but adjust your budget to sort of deal with it. Like you were saying, you know, and while you've been working on gas price reporting for the last couple of weeks, this is not the only thing that you report on. You report on lots of other things. And so I wanted to know if there was anything else you were working on that we could get a little sneak peek into that you're excited to be working on. Yeah, definitely. So kind of what we were talking about before with uh, driver behavior and, you know, what what people are doing in the face of higher gas prices, I am going to be taking a closer look into some numbers that show traffic volumes over the past few years and see if that tells us anything about um, driver behavior. So if volumes are up, down, or the same since before the pandemic and what some of the reasons for that could be. And then um, I cover housing as well. So I have some things in the works there. Um, again, kind of with the inflation theme. Uh, so mortgage interest rates have doubled in the past six months. Uh, and the reason for that, again, is because the Fed raised those rates to combat inflation. Uh, and so I had a story last week and I have another kind of digging into it a little bit more coming out in a few days. Um, and that is kind of looking at how people are impacted by those higher rates. So it has pushed a lot of home buyers out of the, or prospective home buyers out of the market, um, just because it's adding like hundreds of dollars a month to their mortgage payments. Um, and just that's not feasible for some people. So talking to some prospective home buyers and some um, housing nonprofits that help people with loans. Um, just about kind of what they're seeing, what what the impact has been of this, you know, these increased rates on Portlanders. And then I also cover the state psychiatric hospital. And so on that side, I'm kind of continuing to look at uh, their ongoing issues of staffing and capacity. So pretty much since the pandemic, they've had a difficult time admitting patients um, in a timely manner. Uh, and that has led to a lot of people waiting in jail to get in. And, you know, those people who are waiting in jail don't have needed mental health care. Um, and that can lead to some you know, pretty serious, essentially, human rights issues. Um, 
And then at the same time, the hospital has also had a really hard time um, with staffing throughout the pandemic. People either have quit or are on leave for a long time. And so that's led to, um, you know, staff who are there being really overworked and um, it's led to a lot of problems, you know, between staff and patients. Um, And so that has, you know, it's kind of an ongoing issue that I've been covering and we'll continue to look into. Yeah, you are a very busy woman who reports on many things, many important things that Oregonians should be concerned with and want to read. So I suggest you head on over to OregonLive.com to find JAT's continued coverage of gas prices, but also all of these really important things that are facing Oregonians right now. And with that being said, thank you so much for being my first guest on my inaugural hosting of Beat Check while Andrew Thien is out on a lovely vacation. My pleasure. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. I shared some of the links we talked about in the show notes. If you liked this show, please give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find our podcast. The best way to support our local journalism is through a subscription to Oregon Live, which you can find at OregonLive.com slash pod support. And if you're a fan of the show or interested in sponsoring one of our episodes, you should shoot us an email at advertise at Oregonian.com. And with that, Until next time.